Welcome to A Regenerative Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers. I teach people all over the world how to live more regeneratively, how to partner with nature so that they can have the abundant future that we all want. I have been working nonstop with my course, the Advanced Permaculture Student Online. I've been making videos. I've been interacting with them, answering their questions. I've been diving deep with them. And it's been, it's been absolutely incredible. We have hundreds of students in the course. We have over 70 teachers now. It's been the most incredible experience as a teacher, as a participant. And I just wanted to share with you a bit of the course. I just wanted to share with you guys some of the things that we're doing. One of the things that happened was you can't, you know, just cut in line when you do your print order. So you got to wait in line. You got things take as long as they take. So I realized that I wouldn't have the books in, in people's hands by the beginning of the course. So I decided to do the audiobook. And so now I have a half the book already done on audiobook. I have it the course and people are listening to it. But I wanted to share a special chapter, the fungi chapter, chapter six in the, in, in the permaculture student too. And I wanted to share it with you because it's so incredible. The information is so amazing. This is this was written um, using the information from you know, several different sources but primarily it through the work and the research of mycologist Peter McCoy. And so he reviewed it and he edited it and he, he put so much time as an editor into this. So this chapter is absolutely amazing. I, I feel like, you know, I, 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 could, I really couldn't have done it with, without Peter and I couldn't have done it with such um, insight and have had so many things perfectly right. And it's really due to his help. And I, I just want to thank Peter on this forum and let you know that if you don't know Peter McCoy, it's time to get to know Peter McCoy. Radical Mycology will change your life. His school is the first mycological school in the world. It's in person and online, Mycologos. And it's not, not, not only is it just amazing information, but it's, it's information that it will impact your life, will impact how you do things, look at things, see things, understand things. It is... It is game changer. I mean, mycology is only 70 years old. So since this information is so new, no one else has it in their textbooks, you know, in their, their workbooks and their curriculum and their, in their courses online, except for Peter McCoy and in his courses, which are about to come out soon and my own. So if you want to check this out, you got to go through my course or read my books and I'm gonna share this with you now so that you, you can dive right in, you can see what I'm talking about. You will, just by listening to this, you're gonna be able to understand exactly what I'm talking about and the deeper areas we go to in the course are gonna stem off right here. This is the source, so dive in, drink deep. This is the fungi chapter of the Permaculture Student 2. Chapter 8, Fungi, edited and reviewed by Peter McCoy. Before there were animals, before there were trees, before there were plants, there were fungi, the first eukaryotes. It has been argued that the first plant cell formed when an early fungus incorporated a photosynthesizing cyanobacteria into its cells. Lichens, a mutualistic relationship between fungi and algae, were first to venture onto the shores of the early terrestrial earth. 
At one point in the development of life on land, fungi dominated, with some fungi being as tall as buildings. Their actions and decomposition created the first soils for animals and plants to flourish thereafter. Fungi are also intrinsically part of all animal and plant physiology, often making their categorization difficult. Fungi are the primary decomposers, redistributors of nutrients, and ecological catalysts that guide and support plant and animal development in all biomes. They are found in the air, water, soils, and likely in the tissues of all plants and animals. They are found on all continents and even at the bottom of the ocean. Lichens can even survive the vacuum of outer space and successfully reanimate when returned to a suitable environment. All this evidence has led some to hypothesize a fungal genesis for all life on Earth. Fungi also exhibit unique abilities and qualities that complicate or even defy much of our established understanding of many branches of science. Fungi alone can break down wood lignin, a development that came only after a long period of tree wood lignin piling up. They also can dissolve rock itself. Geomycology is the study of rock weathering by fungi. Phosphorus is unlocked by fungi when decomposing organic matter, as well as from rock and soil particles. Different strains of fungi can be adapted to feed on crude oil or even to grow in radioactive soils. With that said, change has to be incremental for the organism to tolerate it. Fungi are powerful but still sensitive. Lightning is associated with fungal flushes in nature, especially in relation to desert truffles. Commercial mushroom growing operations in Asia are now discovering that shocking the mycelium with high voltage electricity can also stimulate larger mushroom flushes. Fungi force those who study them to holistically reframe their understanding of the world. They are the managers of all natural systems and the facilitators of life itself. These characteristics place fungi at the very center of all natural systems. Fungi are working everywhere in helpful and sometimes surprising ways. We can increase fungal cycles, harvest the abundance of these cycles, and in turn, remediate toxins in our environments and bodies with this abundance. Research into fungi is still in its infancy, with mycology as a field of study largely ignored by American and European academia until rather recently. However, a large grassroots movement combined with the advent of the internet has led to a revolution in cultivation practices for home-scale growers and researchers. The phyla. The queendom of fungi, as coined by radical mycologist Peter McCoy, is vast and so diverse that it is impossible to categorize it with our current methods. The reproduction processes and life cycles of fungi differ dramatically across the fungal phyla, and even between species within a given phylum. When we compare fungal genetics, things get even more interesting. When speaking of growing mushrooms, we are usually referring to species in the Basidiomycota, excepting truffles and morels. Basidiomycota mushrooms start out as singular spores that travel alone and inoculate a substrate 
their growing medium, where they begin to form mycelium, a monokaryotic network of hyphae that are comprised of strands of fungal tissue that are one cell thick. These hyphae grow and branch through their substrate seeking food, water, and a mate. Once they find a compatible mate, the two networks will fuse together and combine their genetic material, forming an extended dikaryotic state wherein two nuclei are contained in one organism. Extended dikaryotic states are unique to fungi. Other fungi in the group known as glomeromycota, aka arbuscular mycorrhizae or AM fungi, can contain 800 to 35,000 different nuclei in their spores. These nuclei can be from divergently different fungi, making glomeromycota and fungi difficult to categorize due to our inability to know which nuclei influence the fungus's growth. Once the substrate has been completely consumed by a basidiomycotin fungus, this is done by releasing digestive enzymes from the tips of the hyphae, the fungus growth will become restricted, causing it to create a hyphal knot that will swell into a primordia and eventually into the mature fruit body or mushroom. Inside the mushroom, meiosis and mitosis occur creating new nuclei which are taken up by the mushroom spores. Using condensation, the mushroom spores collect moisture and use this weight of water to induce an explosion into the air at astonishing speeds of one meter per second. This explosion process is thought to be why mushrooms are cooler in temperature than that of the surrounding forest. Every breath and gust of wind has spores in it. The substrates commonly used in commercial mushroom production include wood, grains, manure, and other agricultural or urban wastes. The different growing mediums represent different ratios of carbon to nitrogen. Fungi digest complex carbohydrates and organic polymers like cellulose and wood lignin. Fungi can digest leafy mulch, use cigarette filters, various types of manure, old pairs of jeans, cardboard, paper, and even coffee grounds too. But most prefer a specific diet. In all instances, the mushrooms are grown on the wastes that we don't know what else to do with. Mushroom cultivation provides an abundance of food, medicine, soil, and more, all while reducing our pollutant loads and helping to more efficiently close loops in human systems. Mushrooms don't develop well without proper food. They need a balanced diet that includes plenty of carbon, such as wood, as well as nitrogen from things like soybean husks, wheat bran, or manure, and sometimes more specific ingredients. Mushrooms are like the fruit of a tree in that they contain the means for reproduction. Their seeds, in this case, are spores that are released in a fantastic burst as the caps flare outward and are carried away on the wind. The mycelium is like the tree's roots, trunk, branches, and leaves. Glomeromycota are among the oldest types of fungi on Earth. They are found in soils across the globe and do not form mushrooms. Their life cycle is quite different from that of basidiomycotin fungi. Glomeromycotin species dwell in the soil around and inside the roots of plants. That is, they form endomycorrhizae, 
mutualistically beneficial relationships similar to that formed between rhizobia bacteria and legume roots discussed in the prior chapter. With these fungi, the structure formed is known as a mycorrhiza. Glomeromycotin species are often referred to as arbuscular mycorrhizae fungi, AM fungi or AMF, and form this relationship with at least 90% of all plants. This relationship is formed when a spore germinates near a root, sending out specific exudates that beckon the fungi to extend its hyphae into the plant root. The hyphae form tree or arbor-like structures that penetrate the plant's cell walls from within the root, creating a direct link between the mycelium outside the roots and the cells of the plant inside the roots. As with the rhizobia bacteria, the plant provides sugars in exchange for nutrients and water. AM fungi magnify the efficacy of roots as well as their reach and surface area. The life cycle of AM fungi is an ephemeral process that cannot be seen from an above ground perspective. The arbuscules form in a matter of days and only last 4 to 15 days, though what is produced in that time period can last decades. Discovered in 1996, glomaline is a sticky protein exclusively produced by the mycelium of AM fungi. It significantly contributes to soil structure and sequesters nearly a third of all soil carbon. As much as a third of all soil carbon is sunk by mycorrhizal fungi as both glomaline and fungal tissue mycelium. Most of this sinking is done by AM fungi. Glomaline is the sticky, carbonaceous material that holds the soils together and gives it the fluffy loam texture that is sought after by all farmers and gardeners everywhere. With such important influences on the soil environment, whole plant communities, and animal diversity of an ecosystem, the glomeromycota may be the most ecologically significant of all fungal phyla. Peter McCoy, Radical Mycology, 2016. The ascomycota, one of the other seven fungal phyla, includes a wide array of fungal forms. Yeasts, mildews, lichens, morel mushrooms, underground truffles, and other complex fruit bodies. Alcohol, cheese, bread, and antibiotics are all made with ascomycotin fungi. When reproducing, the compatible mycelium of compatible ascomycotin fungi do not initially fuse together, as with basidiomycotin fungi. Rather, they meet and cohabitate in their substrate, only fusing right before the fruit body is formed. Ascomycotin fungi and many other types of fungi can also reproduce asexually, meaning they can self-clone without a separate genetic partner. Depending on various environmental conditions, these fungi will switch from asexual to sexual reproduction modes. The other four phyla, the Chytridomycota, Neocalamastigomycota, Blastocladiomycota, and Microsporidia represent single-celled microscopic fungi. There is even a group of uncategorized fungi called Zygomycota that has yet to be officially categorized. The science of mycology is still quite young, with fascinating new discoveries constantly arising. Part of the confusion in this field of study rests with the fact that in terms of genetics and appearance, fungi defy reduction and categorization. For these reasons and more, mycology is one of the best natural sciences for exploration, with so much to be discovered 
anyone can add to our understanding of the importance of fungi in the world. Mycorrhiza. There are seven types of mycorrhizal fungi, which are fungi that associate with plant roots. The most common are the arbuscular mycorrhizae fungi, AMF. AM fungi augment the root structures physically, increasing surface area by up to 10,000 times to greatly increase the plant's nutrient absorption. Fungi can make nutrients available to the plant that would otherwise be completely unavailable. AMF are some of the only fungi that can perform the energy demanding processes of reducing nitrate into a form of nitrogen that can be metabolized. Peter McCoy, Radical Mycology, 2016. Mycorrhizal fungi either penetrate the root cell walls or sheathe the root cells in various ways to exchange nutrients easily with the plant. Endomycorrhizal fungi penetrate the cell walls of the plant root cells while ectomycorrhizal fungi do not. Rather, they usually just surround the cells within a root. There are even endo-ectomycorrhizae fungi that form both structures. Many plants form various mycorrhizal associations that can change over their lifespan, and some plants, like orchids, are entirely reliant on mycorrhizal fungi for their survival for at least part of their lifespan. These mutualistic relationships are the ecological foundations of our forests, grasslands, wetlands, and even aquatic habitats. Incredibly, at times this mutualistic relationship even can appear altruistic as the fungi may not receive any perceived benefit for all that they do for a particular habitat or plant. Plants would not cover the earth if it were not for fungi, but fungi do not control plants. Plants maintain autonomy and use their exudates and perhaps bioelectrical signals to communicate with fungi. The nutrient exchanges between these organisms range in content from sugars to carbon to nitrogen to phosphorus, but many are surprising in their behavior at times exhibiting complete role and dependency reversals. Lichens, fungi plus algae. Lichens are an incredible ecosystem of mutualism where algae, a plant, and or cyanobacteria, a microbe, work in symbiosis with fungi to exchange nutrients and gases in a shared microbiome adapted to niche climates and environments. The photosynthesizing partner, the photobiont, lives in what is essentially a protective greenhouse that the fungus constructs with its mycelium. Lichens are found nearly everywhere and in all climates, though air pollution sharply reduces their populations. They can grow as biocrusts in deserts, locking soils together to protect them and raising organic matter levels. Lichens can fix nitrogen where it is scarce. In the cold temperate climates where nitrogen fixing plants and trees like alder or redbud are sparsely distributed lichen, decomposition can account for 50% of the nitrogen input in soils. Though lichens can fix nitrogen both near and far from the equator. In deserts, lichens are often the main source of nitrogen. Lichens are often overlooked as both a form of fungus and as a nitrogen fixer, but they are critical to the vast majority of habitats. Spore prints. Spore prints are one of the only ways to be sure of a mushroom's identity. To collect a spore print, 
harvest the mushroom in question before it has released all of its spores. Usually, this is before the cap is fully flared out. This is done either using white and black bicolored paper, glass, or tinfoil to make prints. Spores can range in color from dark to white, so those surfaces allow you to better see the complete print. Make a hole for the stem of the mushroom to pass through the paper or tinfoil so that the cap scales rest evenly on the surface. Or discard the stem and put the cap directly on the surface. Place the mushroom and paper or tin in a place free from breezes. Spores are easily blown by the wind and allow 12 to 24 hours for the mushroom to release its spores. Or just cover the mushroom with a large bowl to protect it from the breeze. Once you have a spore print, you can compare its color to descriptions or pictures in a mushroom hunting field guide. Often, the combination of the mushroom's spore color, habitat, and the visible features are all you need to know which species it is. This can be subjective at times, and even confusing, as some guides are better at describing mushrooms than others. It is always best to source local mushroom mentors for guidance on identifying wild mushrooms found in your area. Products. CO2 is created as fungi digest a substrate. The fungus consumes oxygen and releases carbon dioxide, just like an animal. When growing fungi indoors, it is important to have enough indoor plants, ventilation, and space in your growing area. Heat is created as the fungus's digestive enzymes work, so be sure to provide enough airflow and space. Otherwise, the mycelium may overheat or go anaerobic and become moldy. Fungi need water to be present in the soil or substrate to perform their life cycle as they are constantly taking in water as they extend their hyphae. After a mushroom stops producing flushes, the final product is exhausted substrate that is ready to be composted. That is, it's spent in terms of nutritional value for the fungi and can now be digested by red wiggler worms and then used in the garden. Compared to the estimated 7 billion metric tons of CO2 annually released through human activities, fungal decomposition dwarfs that figure with 85 billion metric tons of CO2 released annually. That accounts for nearly the entire 87 billion metric tons required annually by Earth's plants. Animals relieve the final 2 billion metric tons through respiration. Though man-made CO2 emissions, which are causing climate change, are by no means insignificant, they are manageable when seen from this perspective. This is especially true when we consider how much room there is in the soil for sequestration. Fungi sequester approximately a third of all carbon in global soils and are responsible for 40 to 70% of the carbon found in specific soils. Mycorrhizal fungi, specifically AMF, are a critical tool in carbon sequestration efforts worldwide. Fungi as food. The most obvious food sources in the fungal queendom are mushrooms, but they are far from being the only fungal products we eat. Alcohol and bread, which are consumed all over the world, are both made of yeast. Yeasts are fungi. Sourdough bread and wine are both examples of ancient fungal foods that many people still consume today. Tempeh is made by growing a mold on soybeans or other legumes, and many probiotic foods and drinks are combinations of both beneficial bacteria and fungi, like water kefir. Spent growing medium, a byproduct of mushroom cultivation, can be used as livestock feed. 
and mushrooms can be grown on all paper and cardboard waste indefinitely and consumed if toxin-free materials are used. Fungi are not just consumed by people. They are a primary food source in the soil food web. Ants and termites farm fungi inside their underground complexes of tunnels. Various flying insects, beetles, wasps, and bees feed off mycelium, and wild animals like bears, foxes, deers, squirrels, and more also eat mushrooms, even psychedelic ones. Always keep in mind that many edible mushrooms have poisonous lookalikes in nature, so be careful and don't eat any unidentified mushrooms. Fungi as medicine. Though hundreds of studies have been done to look at the medicinal benefits of a few mushroom species of interest, there are still thousands of studies that need to be done on the medicinal applications of fungi. Many mushrooms contain anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, anti-cholesterol, anti-oxidative, anti-diabetic, anti-fibrotic, anti-fatiguing, antimicrobial, and antiviral properties. Many mushrooms, most notably the woody polypores, have been found to stimulate the immune system, target specific cancers, and help heal and mitigate some of the negative effects of chemotherapy, radiation, and other harmful cancer treatment therapies. Coriolis SPP, turkey tail mushrooms, is the most studied natural agent against cancer with over 900 studies of which about 125 human clinical trials. Most mushrooms have adaptogenic effect on immune function. In other words, boosting when low, reducing when excessive. Gene Wallace, PhD, CNC. In Chinese medicinal practices, mushrooms have played an important role for thousands of years, but they're just beginning to be recognized in the Western world. The first U.S. Food and Drug Administration clinical trials using turkey tail mushrooms to treat cancer only began in 2013. Mushroom prescriptions may yet be in everyone's future. Many companies offer medicinal fungal supplements in stores across the U.S. Peter McCoy's book, Radical Mycology, clearly details how to create much more potent and inexpensive medicines than those that are available in stores. Colony Collapse Disorder, CCD, a condition that causes entire bee colonies to die off suddenly, may be addressed in part by feeding bees mushroom mycelium or extracts, a practice currently being investigated by Paul Stamets. Paul noticed that his bees were feeding on exposed soil mycelium one day and then noted that in nature bees make hives in semi-decomposed trees, which readily have fungal activity close to the hive for easy access. Following this observation, Paul worked with Washington State University's entomology department to test different types of medicinal fungal sugars in bee feeders using captive bees. The fungal sugars were tested for the effects on viral counts in the bees and on the bees' average lifespans. Currently, it appears that the sugars from certain polypore mushrooms can help reduce viral counts and prolong a bee's life. Strongly anti-tumor and containing potent natural antibiotics, polyporous Umbellatus, umbrella polypore, contains powerful immunomodulating compounds and has also been implicated in the limiting of leukemia, 1210 cell proliferation. Paul Stamets, Mycomedicinals and Informational Treatise on Mushrooms, 2002. Methods. Dried mushrooms. These are dried and ground caps and stems used in food and drinks or packed in capsules. Mycelium can also be used this way by drying and grinding the substrate and can often create a more potent product. 
mushroom tinctures. These are made by submerging the mushrooms in grain alcohol vodka or vegetable glycerin for six weeks. Daily shaking optional. Mushroom teas and soups. These are made by cooking diced or minced mushrooms in 70 to 80 degrees Celsius, 158 to 176 degrees Fahrenheit water until a dark colored tea or broth is produced. This can take several hours. This is why eating mushrooms in a soup is medicinal. It's essentially a hot water bath. Rishi or shaga mushrooms are popular medicinal choices. It should be noted that a hot water bath does not kill undesirable microbes as alcohol does. Dried mycelium. Mycelium inoculated grains serve as a nutrient rich and pre-digested food. Dried pure mycelium from a liquid culture is the purest and highest quality form of dried mycelium. Poisonous and psychedelic mushrooms. Many traditional cultures revere mushrooms, including those of the psychedelic variety, often working with them for both spiritual and medicinal purposes. Archaeological evidence suggests that this has been going on for quite some time. That said, there are many deadly mushrooms that look like edible mushrooms or may even taste wonderful, such as the death cap mushrooms, Amanita phylloides. It is very important to always learn to identify mushrooms with someone trustworthy and experienced. Today, we have studies being proposed and conducted that are exploring the medical applications of psychedelic mushrooms for extreme cases of addiction, depression, or PTSD. While clinical research is ongoing and still in its infancy, humans have long consumed psychedelic mushrooms and plants for cultural, medicinal, and personal reasons. This practice continues to this day in many cultures, both traditional and modern. Fungi as fiber, fire starter, and more. Mushrooms like Amadou Fomes fomentarius have been recognized for their utility for millennia. This mushroom was used by early man as a fire starter, as a means to carry fire from location to location, and as a fiber for paper and even as hats, like those traditionally made in Transylvania. Today, dried mycelium is being recognized as a building material of the future with the potential to replace much of the plastic we use. Our ancestors depended on fungi for their survival and progress. Mushrooms like inky caps, Coprinus spp, are used for inks and dye. The mold, water, fire, and rot-resistant qualities of dried and exhausted Rishi mycelium blocks are garnering attention as both a natural building material and as a means of utilizing paper, cardboard, and woody waste products. Some fungi, like sea algae, have bioluminescent qualities, and entrepreneurial mycologists globally are working out how to grow them as a living nightlight. Many fungi that attack and kill insects, the mold Bavaria bassiana as an example, have been studied for decades as a natural pesticide. This notion of mycopesticides has been argued to be a more natural alternative to chemicals when attempting to manage problematic insect population. However, this approach often overlooks the underlying ecological problems that lead to the imbalance in the system or the conditions in which these insects proliferated. A better approach to dealing with this issue would be to cultivate plant guilds that deter negative insects and to bring in reptiles and predator insects to naturally balance insect populations. This is from Peter McCoy, 2016. 
Fungi as a biofuel is also gaining momentum as a concept. The future is seemingly limitless in terms of what working with fungi and integrating them into human design systems can offer to solve a range of pressing global problems. Composting. Paper, cardboard, coffee grounds, and nearly any complex carbohydrate source can be digested by fungi to produce mushrooms, and the end product can be made into mycelium-rich compost. We just have to get things moist and introduce enough inoculated substrate to seed the pile. Once it is all inoculated, you have a large pile of starter for an even greater amount of substrate if that is your goal. Otherwise, it can be allowed to fruit until exhausted and then composted. Vermicomposting this material with red wiggler worms is an even more efficient and effective way to use this material, thereby generating worm castings for the garden or for brewing compost tea. Dog and cat waste. Spent mushroom substrate can serve as kitty litter and afterward can be easily processed by vermicomposting. Dog waste can be combined with inoculated wood chips and then vermicomposted as well. The carbon in the wood chips absorbs excess nitrogen while fungi can digest the toxins and pathogens in the animal waste, helping form a more balanced compost. If the pile is too hot or too toxic, the earthworms leave. For urban and suburban cat or dog owners, this can be a consistent, easy, and regenerative source of soil for balcony or rooftop gardens. Mica remediation. The negative impacts of many toxic wastes, from cigarette butts to nuclear fallout to chicken manure and oil spills, can all be managed by fungi. This process is known as mycoremediation. Fungal hyphae exude digestive enzymes that have the ability to decompose complex compounds more efficiently than any other life form. As nature's greatest chemists and recyclers, fungi are critical to cleaning up the most complex pollutants in our environment. King Strafaria fungi form such a tight mycelial web that they can temporarily filter out microbial contaminants from flowing water systems. The sea floor is largely a fungal decomposition system. There is also hope that fungi can digest the world's plastic pollution. It is logical that oil and its derivatives such as plastic, which originated as organic matter, could be consumable by fungi. For many decades, however, plastic companies have been researching how to make plastics that do not degrade or decompose. Preliminary research suggests that microremediation may be one of the fastest ways to deal with the issue of global pollution, including nuclear waste. In remediating in an area affected by radioactive fallout, fungi expert Paul Stamets suggests laying down one to two inches, two to five centimeters of wood chips, chipping the radioactive trees on site, and then planting native deciduous and conifer trees along with hyper-accumulating mycorrhizal mushrooms particularly Gomphidius glutinosus, Craterellus tubiformis, and Lacaria amethystina, all native to pines. C. glutinosus has been reported to observe via the mycelium and concentrate radioactive cesium-137 more than 10,000-fold over ambient background levels. Many other mycorrhizal mushroom species also hyperaccumulate. These radioactive mushrooms can be harvested by people wearing full nuclear hazmat gear and composted somewhere isolated. 
so that the composting process, if given enough time, will turn the mushrooms into soil that is eventually non-radioactive. Paul Stamets suggests burning the resulting radioactive mushrooms and storing the radioactive ash. It may, however, be more pragmatic and more efficient to harvest these mushrooms and compost them in an isolated location, where they would have the time they need to naturally cycle through their radioactivity. For instance, cesium-137 has a 30-year half-life. Even more pragmatic would be to leave all nuclear power and weapons behind. Fighting fire with fungi. Inoculating downed wood, wood chip piles, and stumps with fungi can help build soil and decrease the amount of fuel for wildfires. It also builds humus, traps moisture, and encourages the growth and diversification of soil life as the inoculated wood breaks down further. All the punky wood is fire resistant, and all the fuel that left alone would take years to break down is processed at an accelerated rate by the fungal decomposers. If the excess wood choking the unmanaged national forests of the American West were instead turned into inoculated wood chip piles covering water harvesting earthworks, the resulting decomposition would aid in sequestering carbon, preventing wildfires, and encouraging a regeneration of wildlife flora and fauna. This would all be achieved by stimulating the foundational layer of the forest ecology, the soil life, which is predominantly fungal. Fungi and plants. Almost all plants form mycorrhizal associations in the soil. These may be endomycorrhizal, ectomycorrhizal, or both. It should be noted that a small group of plants prefer neither, thriving instead in an actinobacteria or an alkaline bacterial dominant soil environment, though even these contain endophytic fungi which may be involved in root behavior. Endomycorrhizae, preferred by annuals, beans, corns, peas and carrots, and perennials, avocado, apple trees, citrus trees, olive, hemp, cacao, ryegrass, and willow. This is by far the largest group of mycorrhizae associates at nearly 90% of identified fungi. Ectomycorrhizae, preferred by trees. Douglas fir, alder, pine, poplar, manzanita, beech, chestnut. This is a small group at around 5% of known fungi species. Both endo and ecto, preferred by trees. Eucalyptus, poplar, willow, aspen, cottonwood, and alder. This is an even smaller group. Neither. This group comprises both the brassica, broccoli, cabbage, kale, and the aracea, blueberry, azaleas, huckleberry families, as well as other plants like beets and rushes. Grow your own mushrooms. Oyster mushrooms on paper and cardboard. Using grains or sawdust inoculated with oyster mushroom mycelium, grain spawn or sawdust spawn respectively, we can easily grow mushrooms on a roll of toilet paper or even cardboard and coffee grinds. Grain or sawdust spawn can be ordered online. First, sterilize the growing medium by either pouring boiling water over the toilet paper and letting it cool or by soaking the cardboard in non-chlorinated water and then letting it drip out. Fresh coffee grounds are a great substrate as they are essentially pre-treated during the brewing process. Please note that oyster mushrooms are one of the few types that can readily outcompete bacterial and fungal competitors on these non-sterile substrates. Observing this happen can be both fascinating and educational. With clean hands, stuff the spawn in the center of the toilet paper roll and then seal the roll up in a plastic bag that has many small holes poked into it. 
Alternately, cardboard, coffee grounds, and grain spawn can be layered in a clean yogurt container or a bucket until it is full. The container is then placed in a cool dark area with its lid loosely applied. For either project, the mycelium should grow over the material in two to five weeks. To initiate fruiting, place the bag or bucket in a cool area. Mushrooms will start to form from the opening in the container and they will need to be lightly misted with water to keep from drying out. A bucket of mycelium can produce at least two to five flushes of mushrooms, each one to two weeks apart before it is exhausted. The inoculated cardboard can be used two to three times more to inoculate more cardboard, but after three to four flushes of fruit, they tend to lose their vigor. Shiitake mushrooms on logs. Using wooden dowels inoculated with shiitake mushroom mycelium, we can grow mushrooms on a hardwood log. Inoculated mushroom logs can fruit for five to 10 years. Logs should be cut from a living tree while the tree is dormant or at the end of the growing season. They should be four to eight inches, 10 to 20 centimeters in diameter. Using a drill bit the size of the dowels, holes that are one inch, two centimeters deep are made a palm's width away from each other. The dowels are gently but firmly tapped in with a small hammer, avoid damaging the bark. Hot beeswax is then applied over the pegs, sealing the hole to protect the fungus, keep out competitors, and retain moisture. In 12 to 18 months, try soaking the logs overnight in cold water to induce fruiting. You can also hit the logs with wooden mallets to stimulate growth. Shiitakes grow in a wide variety of climates outdoors. Sawdust spawn can also be used as well as other methods to grow medicinal and plentiful shiitake mushrooms. King Strafaria in the garden. Like oyster mushrooms, King Strafaria mushrooms do not necessarily need sterilized substrate. They can outcompete competing bacteria and other fungi. King Strafaria, also called wine cap Strafaria, is a delicious mushroom that can grow on cardboard or wood chips in and amongst garden plants. It is incredibly easy to establish and continuously feed and harvest from. A mushroom bed can quickly be made anywhere large or small, in any shape or design, by laying down alternating layers of inoculated substrate and wood chips, finishing with wood chips on top. Just keep it moist, and it will continuously generate large, delectable mushrooms. Liquid inoculation jars with airport lids. Using just mason jars with modified canning lids, we can cultivate liquid cultures of mycelium at home or almost anywhere. The liquid broth is primarily comprised of sugar water, but other ingredients such as yeast, peptone, or gypsum are also often added. For exact recipes and guidelines, consult radical mycology. Sugar types can range from honey to malt to dextrose to even corn syrup. 500 milliliters of water is used in a standard quart canning jar. With an airport lid and a sterilized jar with sterile liquid culture inside, we essentially have a portable clean room or a sterile field inside the jar. This means the liquid inoculation jars can be worked with in almost any circumstances with minimal concern for contamination, though you still have to sterilize your syringe and port site. Liquid cultures are an inexpensive imitation of industrial practices that use large vats instead of mason jars. Mycelium grows best in liquid because it can grow in all directions rapidly. This method is also more time efficient with less preparation required from the cultivator and it is more efficient at inoculating substrates over traditional lab-based methods. Inoculated agar or grains can be used to start liquid cultures, or even samples of mushroom tissues can be used. 
Liquid culture inoculation in jars is spreading in the mycological community like wildfire. Not just because of its efficiency, low cost, and easiness to work with, but also because of its greater efficiency as a medicine. Liquid culture mycelium can be dried on a plate of glass and turned into pure powdered mycelium. This is drastically different from what's offered in stores currently, which is mostly freeze-dried and powdered inoculated brown rice. These products are mostly just rice and have very low mycelium content. Liquid cultured mycelium offers a pure medicine that is many times more potent that can be made at home for a fraction of the cost of inferior store-bought products. How to make airport lids. A breakthrough in home cultivation. Airport lids are modified mason jar lids that create a clear, sterile environment for the mycelium to grow. Two holes are made in the top of a mason jar lid, 5 16ths of an inch, 0.8 centimeters in diameter. One is generously covered with a blob of high temperature RTV silicone on both sides of the lid. The other is stuffed with synthetic fiber fill, synthetic cotton, or covered with something breathable and disposable like micropore tape. This allows sterilized syringes to inject mycelium through the silicone port, and it also allows filtered air to flow through the fiber fill port. Designer's Fungi Checklist. Explore, list, and consider the possible mycorrhizal relationships between plants, soil, animals, people, and waste streams on your site. List site goals and decide upon a strategy or set of strategies to enhance and support selections from these possible relationships that align with those goals. Inoculate soils as well as perennial and annual plantings with mycorrhizal fungi to support growth and fruiting. Avoid tillage to preserve mycorrhizal fungi. Grow mushrooms with wood, waste, and more resources on site. Grow mushrooms in gardens and food forests. Partner with fungi wherever possible. For more in-depth reading on fungi and mushroom cultivation, consult Radical Mycology by Peter McCoy or enroll in Mycologos, the first mycology school for online and in-person students. Thank you so much for listening to this very special reading of the fungi chapter in my book, The Permaculture Student 2. And it is a collection of regenerative solutions. This, this is the second edition reading. And some of the people that were recommended are Peter McCoy of Radical Mycology, Dr. Elaine Ingham of the Soil Food Web, Ramis Ken of Permaculture Research Institute, Wesley Rowe of Santa Barbara Permaculture Network, Darren J. Doherty of Regarians.org. Other people like Larry Korn, Eric Olson, Curtis Stone, Hannah Apricot Eckberg of Permaculture Magazine North America, Javin K. Bernakovich of All Points Design, Stefan Sokobiak of Miracle Farms, Daniel Lawton of Permaculture Tools, and son of Jeff Lawton. Eric Olson says, well-researched, articulate, and engaging. The Permaculture Student 2 fills a key niche in the world of permaculture education. Matt Powers has reached his goal to convey the solutions and the science behind permaculture to the standards and audience of a K-12 environment. Indeed, this book goes even further with its well-organized curriculum to gifting permaculture to the world at large. And that is the founder of Permaculture Skills Center, Permaculture Artisans, and Storyscapes. And then what about what about Curtis Stone? Well, he says Matt Powers does a fantastic job of piecing together all the new and exciting developments underneath this big green umbrella. Uh, what about um, in terms of college? Well, Wesley Rowe says this book could be a textbook for the Santa Barbara City College permaculture course. 
Um, what does, you know, Peter McCoy say? Well, the Permaculture Student Series is a landmark in the evolution of human ecological relationships, and this latest installment raises the bar even higher than the last. Visually compelling, intellectually enriching, and endlessly motivating, this book will enhance the resilience of people of all age groups and backgrounds for decades to come. Whether you are new to permaculture or well-steeped in its principles, the Permaculture Student 2 condenses a wealth of information into an easily digestible and thoroughly engaging format that is sure to give any reader new points of reference and insight. I highly recommend it. And that's Peter McCoy, Radical Mycology, author and founder of Mycologos. And what are people saying about my course? What are people saying about the Advanced Permaculture Student Online? Quote, I feel as if I was just offered a choice between taking the red pill or the blue pill. Mind blown. That's Ryan M. Quote, Matt, you make this so fun. Love your laugh at the start. Oh my gosh. I love this course because of you. Rejoice. That's Azteal. Quote, I love this course. This course is world class. I love the info. I own a company and work 70 hours a week. This is the best course I have ever taken on this subject. Matt Powers rocks. That's from Mike G. Quote, I really thought I knew something about nature. I feel like I have to review it again to properly build schema. Just in the last two weeks, I learned nature is a new science with a lot of niches to fill. So many gaps in education. We should be teaching this to our children. Imagine the potential of human race's evolution if we all start this kind of basic understanding of nature early on in our education system. Jeff Lawton's PDC completely changed my understanding of nature, but this course is just taking it to a whole new level. Future now looks feasible. We have to set a good example so we can properly inoculate people around us. We are really living in a nature illiterate society. Our biggest challenge is to fully understand the impact of community building in nature and society. Thank you, Matt, for all your effort to put all this information together. It really is powerful and empowering. Tiago. Quote, I got my BS in biology in 1995. I have been looking for a way to go to grad school ever since. This course and your programs are so much more efficient at delivering information and the result then resulting in the competency of students, not to mention the real world experience, your guest teachers and students. I cannot think of a way to continue my education than what you are offering in this community. Thank you to everyone. That's RJ. Quote, I love that this course is not just about textbooks and lectures. It is about learning with and from each other to repeat the process with people we meet on our own journeys. Matt Powers, you are the true reflection of what permaculture means with caring for people, not just the paperwork. This is my destiny, and I knew it as soon as I signed up that this was the course that would change my life. Thanks a million. That's Beth H. Quote, the PDC from a few years ago truly changed my way of looking at everything. Your course has upscaled the learning to reach deeper into the way I view the interior and exterior worlds, micro to macro. Quote, thanks Matt. I have been super impressed with the mass amount of information provided thus far and the support from you and the classmates has been world class. So we have teachers, we have PDC teachers. We've got people from all walks of life taking this course. We have people who, are own, who own businesses, people who are caretakers, people who are, are homemakers, people who are 
nurses, people, we, we've got everyone, everyone's in this course. So this course is for everyone. This course is to empower everyone. This course is project based. Uh, we have an early bird special right now. These books that I just got, I just got a huge order of books and they're, they're, they're right behind me. And I'm actually going through right now. I'm signing them all because um, I want to give you something super special, something really unique that you can't get on Amazon. Um, so my books right now are a special discount celebrating the amazing summer that we're having and celebrating this course and celebrating the, the, the growth and the, the things are happening. Things are really moving. This is project based. So all my students that want to get their advanced certification are going to do an actual project and then provide metrics and feedback and everything so that we can help them so that we can refine it so that we can spread it, promote it and repeat the process and mirror and, and, and adapt and go, go all the way. And then we have the data from all the different climates that everyone's working in, their exact soil types, everything from the bottom to top, micro to macro. And so we are building our fluency of understanding micro to macro, holistic understanding, whole on to whole on. And we are working together in a advanced network all over the world. Uh, we've got experts organizations working with us, you know, businesses working with us all, all, all over the world. This, this is a totally unique course and there's never been anything like this. Um, we're taking permaculture and combining it with the best practices in education. All the things that I learned in my master's course, all the things that I learned as a teacher in one of the most exciting experimental high schools in America. This, this is all culminating right now and everyone needs this information. And you know, I, I, I love this information and I, and I love you all so much that that's why it's free. I mean, I, I would love if you support us and help us spread this message and get it out to as many people as possible. We have scholarships, we got payment plans, we got all the nine yards, we got all the different levels, whatever you can do. But the reality is, is that this information every human should have access to. This is your human right. This is your birthright on this planet to have the access to this information to make the real change in yourself, in your interior, your heart, your mind, your soul, and then push it out into the world around you, making regeneration happen in the hearts and minds, the soil, the air, the plants, the animals, everything around you holistically changing, tightening together with syntropy, spreading that regeneration, that strength and health and clarity. It's all related and we can show you scientifically how to do it every different level every different stage and we can link it all together in an organized framework that's what the book is and it's free to download on my website that's what that's what's going on it's free to download my first edition you go on there the new edition's 40 pages longer it's got some some more citations got some more references got some more pictures got some some extra sections some awesomeness some updates some really fun stuff but it's the first edition. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So it's still there. Go on my website, download the first edition, go check that out. And if you feel moved, if you're like, I've got to have this, I got to spread this information, do it. Go buy the book, buy all the books. I have them all on sale right now. I have $80 for, for the new set, which is you know, like over a hundred dollars and whatnot. And then we've got all the books for, you know, they're way over a hundred dollars, over $120 for only $90. So this is a crazy deal I'm giving out right now. I'm so excited, I'm, I'm just pumped. I just want everyone to have access to this. So so go check that out. My, my site's thepermaculturestudent.com, of course. 
uh, just click on the books on top or the courses on top. Go check out this $300 off right now on the Advanced Permaculture Student Online uh, Early Bird Special. And I don't know if you know this, but I have other things that are included in that, special bonuses. So you're getting that course, but you're also getting another course that is you know, a $600 course. So it's a huge package, but it's all about getting you launched into your new life, launched into the regenerative life where your, your, your business, your, your, your home, your lifestyle, your, your food, your interactions, your, your, inner, your inner interactions, all of it are on a different level. All of it's regenerative, all of it's spreading centropy, spreading that, that resilient, positive clarity. And so we see this play out in nature. We can make this happen in real life. We can make this happen in our own zones, in our own areas. We know the success stories. Um, you, you've heard them here. You've heard them other podcasts. You've heard, you've seen them on YouTube. You know, if you're listening to this, then you're tuned in. You know what is possible and you are priming yourself to make that leap into that regenerative life, into that new world. And I'm here to tell you that you will touch ground. Why? Because you're going to, you're going to buy that book <laughs> or you're going to click on that link and download it for free. And you're going to see, and you're going to know, and you're going to be like, wow, I got the formula right here. I got the directions right here. It's not that hard. It's four steps. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to see, and you're going to be like, I can do this. You can do this. My neighbor can do this. I even that guy can do it. <laughs> but, but you, you, we all can do this. And not only that, this is going to be joyous. This is going to be the most fun. This is going to be the most empowering and giving and uplifting and humbling and you know enlivening because we're spreading life we're, we're 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 setting off our genes at their highest level of expression we're, we're 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 aiming towards the best in all of us and calling it out in each of us in the landscape in the soil in our bodies in each other so this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I want you all to be involved. I want you all to take it in. I want you all to have access. So join us in the course, sign up, join us with the book, download it, buy the books, spread it in your neighborhood. Go talk to your local science teachers. Go show them what's going on. Go talk to the local college. Go get the local library involved. Book someone in your local area because I guarantee there's someone in your local area who's amazing at permaculture. Go book them to speak at the local library and invite everyone you know. You know, get them to invite everyone there you know. And get everyone together and start start this action. Start this happening in your area. Because you are, if you're listening to this, you're the person. You're the answer. You're the leverage point in your community. If you're listening to me, that means you are turned on, you are connected, and you have the answers now. So, get moving because you're gonna help so many people. You're gonna change the world. And I just wanna thank you right now, right here, before it even begins. I just have so much gratitude for the changes you're gonna make in your life and the people around you, you're gonna just... I'm so thankful for the changes you're gonna make in the world around you, the environment and beyond. So this week, I'm just, I'm sending out books all over the world. I'm signing books and books. I, I, you know, I'm signing all day. I got to stop with my handcrafts. You know, we're packing them up, packing them up, shipping them out. 
and I'm taking a break from filming right now and the course as I do this and I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude and I just want to spread that I want you to spread that this book as Peter McCoy said in that review is you know endlessly inspiring because our world is endlessly inspiring so tap into that limitlessness tap into that inspiration the creativity of the natural world and see what's possible I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. I'm your host. This is A Regenerative Future with Matt Powers. I'll talk to you soon. Have an amazing week.